Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, Southeast Texas Internet Radio listeners, Dr. Levine. Welcome to another edition of The Dr. L Show, coming to you live from the studios of KLVI here in Beaumont, Texas, taking your phone calls about uh, health care and medicine. Uh, hopefully you're having a wonderful uh, Saturday uh, morning. Um, weather is cooperating, thankfully. Not our time this time. Uh, with rain and hurricanes, so, you know, it's we're deep in the hurricane season, and... Uh, you know, talking to the patients, there was a lot of anxiety over the past couple of days. Uh, just, we didn't know where the hurricane was going to go, if it's going to go east or south or west or whatever the case may be. And, man, uh, there's a lot of a lot of nervousness going on. Um, yeah, getting some water and perishables and everything, just getting ready. You know, we've been through this before. We know what to do. So, but uh, thankfully, seems like this is not our time. And uh, so thank you for joining me uh, today. If y'all have any uh, questions about health care or medicine or however you want to uh, have whatever question you might have, give us a buzz. Uh, while we wait on some phone calls, however, you know, I normally uh, launch to some uh, topics uh, of interest. Um, one thing that uh, we talk about a lot here on the show are, you know, medications. And um, that's uh, for me. Uh, as an internal medicine doctor, that's that's pretty much what we do all day long is uh, deal with meds or medications and starting and stopping medications. And, um, you know, it's an important part of, um, it should be an important part of your visit if you are on, you know, a few meds. Um, there should be some time that you spend talking about whether or not you need these medicines or if you can stop these medicines or side effects of the medications um, as you know our approach to certain diseases are um, changing all the time um, you know we had the huge uh, change in our aspirin in terms of taking aspirin and there's been some new guidelines recently with uh, cholesterol management it's getting more complicated um, you know as we individualize patients health care more and more there's more decisions in the decision tree when it comes to uh, cholesterol, you should just be pretty straightforward. You know, if your cholesterol is high, you know, get on a cholesterol medicine. But it's not like that anymore. So we have several factors that we think about before we decide if we're going to start a medicine or how aggressive we are with that medication. So 
you know, something to talk about with your healthcare professional. Teresa from Vida, what's up? Teresa? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. All right. Um, about um, gabapentin, do you know, or in your experience, has that ever been like a recreational type drug that people would use? Yeah, I think in our um, current state of affairs with pain medications and overuse, misuse, abuse of uh, yeah. pain medications that uh, gabapentin um, has been talked about in terms of being used inappropriately. Yes, it, it has. Okay, yes. And, oh. um, yeah. I was just wondering if that was something that we should be uh, aware of because I knew that it was like a non-narcotic or something, but I know that sometimes even Tylenol can be misused. Yeah, I, I think I that, yeah, I mean, on the order of things, uh, gabapentin or gabapentinoids um, are considered relatively a safer pain medicine than, like I said, yeah. narcotic, even though we still use yeah. narcotics and there's a place for narcotics. Um, the whole push uh, recently has been to limit or decrease chronic use of narcotics. I think that's the yeah. big push. And so we have been relying on medicines like gabapentin to help patients manage their chronic pain. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Any medicine that we prescribe patients or that you can buy over the counter can be abused to some degree or taken inappropriately. So, yeah, we, we cannot always prevent that. But I think that in terms of uh, safety and the ability to abuse gabapentin it's a lot less than yeah. uh, let's say uh, in, in, uh, mm -hmm. in comparison to mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other more dangerous things there are, there are worse things out there yes and so but yeah I mean I I don't come across I don't come across a lot of people who have abused gabapentin um, again, I don't think you get the euphoria that you normally get with narcotics and the high that you get with narcotics, which is why like, I don't think like it's a, abused. Like a, a pain seeker person, per se. Yeah, it's just uh, the reaction to gabapentin or neurontin is not as robust as, let's say, narcotic for some people. Now, you have to understand, some people take narcotics and it makes them feel terrible. Um, yeah. But... Um, there is a certain percentage of patients where when they take a hydrocodone, a narcotic, a morphine, you know, it gives them euphoria. They, they feel wonderful. It feels good. And again, if you have chronic pain and the pain is not going away, it seems like a perfect situation for you. But we've just discovered here recently that um, it is not a good medicine to take for chronic pain because long term it just it fizzles out. And um, you, you find yourself in worse pain looking for a medicine to give you the same sort of feeling. And it's Became just not tolerant. out there. Tolerant? Mm hmm. Is it maybe? Yes. Mm hmm. Okay. Tolerance, you said? Well, it's becoming tolerant to the correct. medicine. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And tolerance basically meaning that your current dose of medicine is not enough to achieve the same euphoria or pain relief and you find yourself having to steadily increase the dose of the medicine to achieve the same 
pain control. However, when you start doing that, you start getting into more toxicity yeah. problems with the medication to get to your pain relief. And, and that's yeah. the issue that we get into with narcotics. And we, we now... To avoid. Yeah, we now know that yeah. uh, without doubt. So we know that it's just not the right medicine to use. It's been confirmed. Um, it's been proven by multiple people. And so we're having to change... The way we do things, no question, because uh, eight years ago, nobody really uh, cared to a sense. We, the, the, the main concern eight years ago was trying to just um, prioritize pain and um, help the medical community realize that it's something that needs to be treated. And um, at the time, our expertise on treating chronic pain was minimal. It was in its infancy, and so um, we did the best uh, we could. It's just almost like parenting. You know, you do your best, but sometimes you find out several years later wasn't maybe the right thing to do in that situation. But at the time, you felt like you were helping your patient. But we now know that if someone, if someone has chronic pain, that you should limit uh, the use of narcotics and go down a different path using other non-narcotic methods to help treat pain. And you have to understand that there are different types of pain. You know, it's acute pain, chronic pain, nerve pain, somatic pain, um, and so uh, arthritic pain. So you have to understand that the, the mechanism that creates that pain in terms of the chemical pathway um, that your body uses to produce that pain is different from nerve pain, acute pain, chronic pain. And so certainly we need different medicines um, because the mechanisms are different. It's just that pharmaceutical company hasn't given us uh, any of that and we do have medicines available right now to help mitigate chronic pain but it's all we have right now are they the best or i should say are they specifically designed for those sorts of pains no um when when a lot of these medicines that we use right now for pain were not designed necessarily specifically for pain so we need the pharmaceutical company to produce some some meds but research takes a long time um, to get that done. So we're years off in terms of having specific brand new medicines for uh, specific types of pain. Hopefully it'll get like that, you know, like the uh, cancer world and like the diabetes world. We, they're pumping out medicines every year, really good medicines that are very effective that help us uh, treat those conditions. So we're just real, real behind on the eight ball. We have this huge pain epidemic in our country, which Again, we didn't see coming when I was in uh, training medical school 20 years ago. I mean, nobody was talking about the wave of chronic pain that we were going to be facing right now. So we're just really behind. But I think that in the future we'll start getting some good meds to give to patients to help treat it because, man, chronic pain is no joke. Um, I mean, it turns people and it, it changes your personality. Um, how you uh, talk, how you walk, how you sleep, your, I mean, everything. And so it's just not fun to have it. <clears throat> yes, sir. All right. Any All other right. questions? Thanks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I think that answers my question. All right. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I, I was, you know, listening to um, a couple of doctors yesterday talking about uh, pain and narcotics and just how things have changed and um, how, you know, narcotics are not going to go anywhere. I mean, we're still going to have narcotics to uh, help because they are good medicines in the right situation and um and they were mainly talking about uh, post-operative pain which um you know is a big deal you have a gallbladder you have a knee operation um something like that you were involved in a car accident that sort of thing you had an operation you have pain so you know those those medicines are still being used in those settings but even in those settings um the experts at the big academic institutions are working on protocols to use other medicines, anti-inflammatories, uh, etc., high-dose Tylenol uh, instead of narcotics. But again, there's there's risks with all this stuff that we use, you know, because some patients, you know, if you're on blood thinners, uh, you have kidney failure, heart failure, um, other illnesses, sometimes you can't use anti-inflammatories, you can't use Tylenol. And or it's a risk if you use it. Um, you know, certainly there. You know, if you've had an ulcer before in your stomach, or you have a little kidney failure, chronic. You know, it's stable. Nothing has changed. Um, you know, using some of these medicines periodically may not cause any harm, but there's a risk. You know, associated with. It. So it's it's really hard to get away from all risk. But uh, we're certainly trying to just uh, help people understand that. Chronic pain, the narcotics is just not the way to go. We got other medicines that we're trying to prioritize now, and gabapentin is one of them. Neurontin, um, Grelise, uh, which is a different formulation of gabapentin. Horizon, another different formulation of gabapentin. We use a we use a lot of gabapentin. <laughs> um, and inflammatories, you know, like the Motrin, Advil, Aleve, Tylenol. Um, Antidepressants uh, such as uh, Cymbalta is used a lot. Um, Elevil, Amitriptyline, or Triptyline, uh, Lyrica is um, used a lot. Uh, Depakote. Uh, again, these are not these are not narcotic medicines. These are more antidepressants. These are more medicines that help mitigate the brain's processing of uh, pain. And certainly, don't, you know, don't forget things like how. Um, uh, other modalities to help treat pain. Uh, physical therapy um, with a physical therapist or even a chiropractor, um, d- depending on the types of pain you have, especially if it's musculoskeletal, kind of chronic low back pain, neck pain, those guys do a really good job of uh, helping you mitigate and control uh, the pain rather than just, you know, popping uh, tablets. They you know, using other modalities to, to help with that. Um, epidural injections uh, can be used uh, as well uh, for some people it doesn't help a lot but for some people it does so it is in the decision tree uh, when you talk about uh, treating uh, certain types of uh, chronic pain and I've tried to inform patients that again you, we can never get away from lifestyle we can never get away from that the basics of how you treat your body in terms of what you eat and drink because if you're unhealthy, then that feeds into the pain. Remember the inflammatory system that we talk about all the time, which is really there to protect you 
from um, disease and illness. Uh, this is the, the system that kind of gets activated. Uh, if there's any sort of injury or acute illness to your body, the inflammatory system. Um, so acutely, briefly, uh, when that system is activated, no big deal. It does its job, but then it goes away. I mean, the inflammatory system is there waiting for something to happen. But all I'm saying is when our lifestyle is not where it needs to be, that inflammatory system stays on. It stays activated, and it will start to do some negative things to your body. And all I'm saying is if you're unhealthy, you're overweight, you're eating poorly, you're smoking, then your chronic pain obviously is a part of that in terms of how your body works, your nervous system works. And if you're not treating your body well, then that pain is going to stay there. It's going to be hard to treat. And so you always have to get back to the basics of trying to be healthy, even though when you're in chronic pain. I know that's hard to believe, but that is the truth. That's kind of the trend that I have seen. People who are in poor health tend to have worse pain to treat and vice versa. So anyway, uh, if you have any questions about chronic pain, medications, start, starting them, stopping them, give me a call, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. I'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560-KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. Right, welcome back to Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Give us a call if you have any questions. We're talking about, you know, chronic pain, medicines. Um, you know, that's a big part of, you know, if you are on medicines, your doctor visit. And, you know, it can get very complicated and confusing when you take a lot of medication. So I try to encourage all my patients to bring either a list of their medicines or the bottles. I think the bottles would probably be better um, so we can always go over that and make sure that what we think you're taking is what you're taking. And again, it just highlights the medicines and making sure that uh, what you're taking you need to be on and that uh, there hasn't been anything new that has come up since we last saw you. Um, you know, normally the more medicines a person takes, I normally ask them to come back more frequently, you know, every three months, four months, um, you know, check lab, make sure that, um, you know, you hadn't developed any adverse reaction uh, in the meantime. And uh, if you're unaware, there is a, a list of, of medicines that um, the insurance companies, Medicare, wants us to kind of prioritize for elderly patients. It's called the BEERS list, B. E-E-R-S, it's like beer. And you can go go online and look at that list right now. It's a pretty long list. Um, but uh, these are medicines that they want us to kind of try and avoid or limit the use of these uh, medications for patients 65 and above because, again, we know that as, as we age, we become more sensitive to the side effects of medications that... Normally, we have to reduce the dosages of certain medicines, that the certain combinations of medicines are, un, are, are intolerable. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of patients have been taking medicines for 10 years, 15 years, same meds, right? And then they hit 65, you know, 70, and all of a sudden, they start having symptoms uh, from these medications or combinations of medicines, um, I should say. And, you know, speaking of um, narcotics, um, the combination of narcotics, 
sedatives such as Xanax, Alprazolam, Valium, and then sleeping medicines, or even just pain medicines and sleeping medicines like Ambien, um, Restoril, Sonata, um, I'm thinking, blanking on some other ones um, that people use for sleep. You know, a lot of people use Benadryl for sleep, unfortunately. Just go to the drugstore, grab some Benadryl, and they, they take that uh, at nighttime. And, you know, believe it or not, Benadryl is one of the medicines on the beers list. Sleeping medicines is on the beers list as well. It, to a practitioner like myself, sometimes it gets to a point where I don't really know what I can use because everything is a risk and what do I... Patients have problems. Hey, doc, I can't sleep. I'm in pain. What do I do? So sometimes, you know, this is kind of a new era and we're trying to, you know, get through it and everybody's trying to figure out kind of how to do it. Um, you know, caution is just the name of the game and certainly just having a conversation with your patient about all of this, just about the risk and the concerns so that, you know, again, God forbid anything happens, they were informed about this possibility. I think for me, that's what I've been doing more often than not recently. It's just bring, you know, talking, having that conversation that, um, yes, you have chronic pain and your chronic pain management doctor has you on a certain uh, narcotic pain medicine and then you're coming to me because you can't sleep for whatever reason and then we're having to grab some of these uh, quote semi-risky medicine to get you to sleep no we don't want you to go over the counter and just start grabbing meds especially again, if you're 65 and above or you have um, any sort of chronic medical issue uh, kidney disease liver disease um, certainly if you have any sort of dementia because uh, what we see sometimes is even mild dementia patients, which are still functioning at a pretty high level but have some slight memory uh, deficiencies, again, will kind of forget about what medicines they took or if they t sometimes they double dip because they forgot they took it. And then when they double dip, then you can get into this uh, confusional state, uh, which can then uh, impair more of your faculties and, you know, get you into trouble, especially if you're living by yourself or, you know, if your family's coming by periodically, um, that, that might happen as well. Or even, you know, with all the over the, um, the, the advertising to patients either on uh, television or their phones or in the newspaper about all sorts of supplements, you know, for your diet or your, your health in general, you know, with obesity and diabetes and, and just pain. Um, there's all these advertisements for supplements and nutraceuticals out there that, uh, again, even, be, you know, because it's not... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Described by a physician and it's over the counter uh, does not mean it's safer than anything that your physician is uh, prescribing. And so if you're taking multiple medicines, that's something you have to be aware and cautious of because I see it every day. Um, good people, you know, just trying to get some relief on whatever their ailment is, trying these supplements, trying these over-the-counter products, 
and you know having some adverse reaction uh, to the medicine now most of the time these reactions are not permanent most of the time these reactions do not cause any permanent damage but certainly for a day or two you might feel really bad and have to be admitted and watched and you know given fluids and um you know it's just kind of a crisis moment for your body and unfortunately sometimes you know this can spark off or snowball into uh, other things which is why i've told you uh, especially if you're uh, older that um you know your body's ability to tolerate acute illnesses and acute stress is not as as good as someone who's young which is why you have to try and put yourself in a position where you're kind of ready to go so to speak and trying to be as healthy as possible in case something happens so that it doesn't drag you down you know kind of like an anchor because it's a lot of times uh, what will happen you hear these stories about you know family or patients or loved ones getting sick and then going to the hospital and unfortunately never leaving the hospital because you know they one thing happens and it just kind of snowballs into other things uh because you know if you're a smoker you're a drinker your your diabetes is out of control uh if you have heart failure you're not taking your meds and then you get like a pneumonia or something like that and then it just wrecks havoc on everything and it's hard to rebound out of that so that's why you know every time you go to your doctor hey let's look at your meds and make sure you're taking the right medications one thing that the insurance companies are they're, they're kind of pressing the doctors uh, right now is about compliance you know just you taking your medicines daily you going to the pharmacies and getting your medicines and refilling them on a regular basis they're asking us the healthcare professionals or primary care physicians to prioritize that um, and if we detect any sort of indication that you're not taking your meds and really we don't have a lot of ways of doing that it's 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 in its infancy right now the the, the best we have right now is if there's any irregularity with you filling your medications that can si sometimes be a sign that you know you're not taking your meds and that's not always the case but you know that's one thing that we are using right now you know if you're refilling your medicines every 30 days or 90 days and for whatever reason those those refill days get off multiple times you know that can be an indication that you're not taking your medication and you know the insurance company is wanting us to bring you in talk to you about it document that we talk to you about how important compliance is and to document that we try to help you overcome any barriers that you might have with taking your medication again i mean it's important and that's it makes sense. I mean, um, taking your meds obviously keeps you out of the hospital. It keeps your um, your uh, disease at, at bay and in control. So we have a couple of callers. Hey, James, what's up? Good morning. Hey, what's up? Uh, I have a question. I uh, A couple of days ago, I was told that uh, I have hypertension, high blood pressure. Never had it before um, that I know of. Um, and uh, my, my doctor's appointment is almost two months away to uh, get some counseling on this. Any advice that I can do on my own to start working toward uh, correcting this issue? High blood pressure? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, did your primary care doctor give you the medicines? Uh, uh, I was out of town, so my primary care doctor visit is almost a month and a half away. Uh, so I was out of town. It's like a... Uh, quick emergency thing when they told me that oh, okay. I had high blood pressure. Okay, got it. 
Um, yeah, some basic things. Uh, obviously, um, your, your diet. You know, if, you, if you're eating poorly, if you're eating a lot of starch and sugar, we would recommend prioritizing more vegetables and fresh fruit. Um, secondly, if you're overweight, you know, we would uh, recommend, you know, getting your weight down. You don't have to be skinny, but we at least would like you to lose about 15 pounds uh, would be good. And, again, the way you do that is changing your diet and exercising a little bit. And you don't have to exercise every day. And you don't have to exercise for hours. We're just looking at 20, 30 minutes of some aerobic activity like jogging, walking, bicycling, pedaling, anything along those lines would be good. If you smoke, then you got to have to stop smoking cigarettes. Uh, if you are overweight, um, I would recommend getting what they call a sleep study because a lot of times when we gain weight, the obesity or adiposity goes to our neck and it causes us to um, not breathe at night and that's a very stressful event and can contribute to high blood pressure. Um, you know, if you're taking anti-inflammatories like Motrin, Advil, Aleve, Naproxen for any reason, you may have to discontinue uh, those medications. But high blood pressure normally comes down to eating right and getting your weight down, being a little more physically active is what that normally turns out to be. Now, um, sometimes just because of your genetics and your family history, it's maybe in your cards and your genes that you're going to have high blood pressure no matter what you do. But certainly the patients who keep their weight down and exercise and eat right, it's a lot easier to control. You know, some people take four medicines just for blood pressure alone. Whereas people who are healthy, they just might take one at a low dose, and that's all they need. And so eating right and exercising is always the cornerstone of treating high blood pressure. Does that answer your question? Yes, sir, you did. Thank you so much. All I really right. appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate the phone call. And uh, we're going to go on a break. Uh, we have uh, Peggy and Port Arthur holding. Uh, just give us a couple minutes. We'll be right back. Uh, this is Dr. Levine. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. All right. Welcome to back to the Dr. Levine Medical Hour. 896-KLVI, uh, 1-800-330-KLVI. Peggy, what's up? I'm up now. You're up. What's up? Oh, okay. Uh, all my life, I've struggled with functional hyperreactive hypoglycemia, and I've never heard of anybody else having that. Is that the same as insulin resistance? No. Can you say that again? What do you have? Function functional hyperreactive hypoglycemia. Okay. Um, Is that the same as insulin? insulin resistance because I've never heard anyone else that has that problem. No, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that particular description or term. I've, you know, I've heard of certainly hypoglycemia or reactive hypoglycemia and uh, basically what that means is um, you eat or drink something and your body is um, hypersensitive to Why? that that substance and it um, it causes a very robust insulin reaction that um, culminates in low blood sugar less than 60 
And um, so uh, we, some people are just kind of sensitive to starches and sugars such that when they consume that, the body overreacts to it and just dumps and pumps out this massive amount of insulin in, in reaction to consuming this sugar and processing this sugar or starch. And um, it goes a little bit beyond where it needs to go and, and brings your sugar down too low and you start having symptoms of low sugar which believe it or not um, sugar is the main fuel for the, the nervous system and the brain and so when the sugar is low the, the nervous system the brain can't work and so your body doesn't you know that's 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 significant your body doesn't like that and then your body reacts to the low sugar so you know you have um, kind of two things going on and competing um, with your body and it's a, it's a maladaptive sort of reaction and uh, patients feel pretty bad when when this occurs and so it normally happens with starches and sugars and a lot of times we just have to counsel patients on uh, avoiding or reducing the consumption of starches and sugars now insulin resistance is um, that is the theory in terms of what causes uh, type 2 diabetes over time the the, the uh, vital organs and, and the, the body become resistant to the effects of insulin. Insulin is made in the pancreas and secreted from the pancreas and its main role is to regulate um, glucose um, con glucose levels in your bloodstream to keep it at, a, at an even kill. And unfortunately things like obesity, genetics, age, over time the body becomes resistant to the insulin and so the body has to pump out more insulin to do its job and for a while that compensation works but over time the amount of insulin cannot keep up with the resistance and so you start to see the effects of high sugar in your bloodstream we call that type 2 diabetes so kind of two different things that can um, dysregulate um, your blood sugar in your bloodstream so um, diabetic patients can uh, sometimes have both, but they're, uh, they don't have to exist together. Okay? Uh, well, I've never heard of anyone else having what I had, and that's what I was... Well, who told you you had they it? Might, uh, when my husband was in the military, I was at uh, Brooks Army Hospital, and they diagnosed me. And evidently, I'd had it all my life, because as a child, if I even ate a piece of candy, I would throw up. Okay, you would uh, throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, and, then, what, uh, and when I got to be a teenager, I'd pass out. So. With sugar? Uh, when I had the hyperactive, uh, yeah. And so would your sugar go down? Yeah, my sugar would go down so far, yeah. yeah. And so how, how have you controlled it um, all your life? What uh, have you done for it? Well, I was an outpatient at Brooks Army Hospital, and they put me on a real strict diet. Uh, and uh, you have to avoid things with sugar in it and rice was the worst thing that I could eat for some reason uh, yeah. and uh, but bread didn't seem to bother me that much but they restricted my bread intake too mm -hmm. and, uh, and they told me that if I didn't get it under control that it might turn into diabetes and that's why I was thinking it might be related to insulin resistance as far as I know there's not a direct connection no ma'am Oh, well, that's good, because I've had chest, and it, I, it's never been high, you know, well, after good. fasting. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was just wondering if there was another name for it today. 
<laughs> I haven't heard of it. I'm not, I mean, I don't know everything, but I haven't heard of it. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Thanks for your Bye -bye. phone call. And uh, we have Annie. What's up? Good morning, Doctor. Hey, what's up? I have a question. Mm-hmm. In the past, like six times in my lifetime so far, I would I have had uh, feet swelling, and that would be whenever I would eat something too much fermented. Mm-hmm. And and that would go away in a day. So I just knew not to eat those fermented foods that much. Mm -hmm. But since June, I did not know what's going on with my feet swelling. And I do have a doctor's appointment, but I wanted to consult you before my doctor's appointment. Um, the, um, the feet swelling, it seems like more persistent it appears um and i i just do not want to assume that i'm eating fermented food and that's causing it because this is going on so i was wondering is that true fermented food causes um well i don't i don't know of anything um a direct connection between eating fermented foods and swelling um i, I think common sense you know if that's the only time it happens um i would just try to avoid eating the fermented uh food you know we don't know everything in medicine or healthcare, so i'm not quite uh sure about the exact connection but i would probably as a practitioner just say well just you know try to avoid that and you know move on i don't think you need to launch into a huge investigation you know if that's the only time it really happens Hello? But I'm concerned. Okay. And, and I do not know what, how my doctor would, what test he would run or she would run. Well, um, for swelling of the low extremities, the basic test would be blood, obviously. Um, a uh, ultrasound of your lower extremities, maybe a heart ultrasound. Um, to look at your heart because heart failure can cause swelling. Uh, they probably want to make sure there's no blood clot in your legs. And uh, just some basic blood work and a physical examination. Also review your medications. Make sure that none of your medicines are contributing to the swelling. But, but again, you know, if, if the swelling is only coming with eating certain foods, then I would think most practitioners would just tell you to avoid those foods i mean that that will be a very easy simple solution to the problem and that as far as i know in my experience that doesn't um indicate a certain disease that a person needs to be concerned about and you know when they eat fermented foods they have swelling in their legs that's not a symptom of any disease i know of that that you need to be concerned about like i guess that's what i was trying to say yeah, but my concern is that that was past historically, but since June, it's different. Even when I'm cutting off my fermented food, mm -hmm. the swelling seems like lingers. Oh, okay. Well, and I, ha I have very slight swelling. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think yeah, go in and you know if that's normally what how we approach swelling of the legs, just ultrasound of the circulation, some basic blood work, 
you know, thyroid, kidney, uh, check your kidney function, your um, check for anemia, maybe even an ultrasound of your heart because sometimes heart failure can cause swelling. And then look at your meds. Um, sometimes medicines are contributing to that. Certain blood pressure medicines, uh, pain medicines can cause uh, swelling. You know, if you're overweight uh, and you're sedentary, then that is a cause of swelling of the legs because of venous insufficiency, which is very common in our country. Um, so, yes, if you do have some uh, ankle swelling, yes, I would be concerned. I would go in and kind of get a little checkup. Will overwork cause uh, feet swelling? I think if you were on your feet a lot throughout the day and maybe uh, certain footwear... Um, yes, maybe uh, working a lot outside could do that, but typically not. Because prior to June, like I would be exercising three times a week and I'm not on any medication, but in June I moved, so I had to do packing and all that, and I'm more in yard since I moved. So I should not be in the yard. Uh, and, and no, have, is, is stay active. More work? Stay active. Drink, drinking more water or less? No, water no, no. Just, just if you're thirsty, drink some water, and that's it. You don't have to necessarily preoccupy yourself with drinking a certain amount every day, or restricting. Your body tells you when you need fluids, and you get thirsty. So when you get thirsty, we just prefer you drink something that's good for you. So you are saying I should not be too concerned about my feet swelling. Um, I, not, I don't want you to be overly concerned, but, you know, it's a new physical symptom. So, yes, you, I think you need to go to your doctor and have them take a look at you and check you out. And, but I don't think you, you need should. to rush to the emergency department or nothing like that no, today. No, 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 I have my appointment to end of July. They did give me quickly. Okay. So, so they would run, I would, I would allow them to run all gamut of uh, testing or, or initially blood work and then gradually move up? No, I mean, every doctor has their approach. That's my approach. But just go to your doctor, let them know what your symptoms are, and they will take you through their approach. Yeah, after talking to you, I would not even mention about my history about fermented food because it's not a medical researched item. Right. I would just confuse him. All right. Any other questions? No, sir. Can I share with you about my fermentation? Because, you know, it's, it's my experience that I would like to, can you, to know. Can you call back next week? We're running out of time, sure, unfortunately. Sure. Okay. Thank All right. You thank you, ma'am. All right. And we'll go on our last break. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. All right, welcome back. Richard, what's up? We don't have much time. Good morning. How you doing, doctor? All right, real quick. I've got a question. I think I've got what would be the start of a hernia, maybe. And I just want some uh, information on on that and what to avoid or whatever where's the hernia uh it looks like it's uh around my navel oh yeah well that's uh, very common uh, we call that umbilical hernia and uh, okay. a lot of a lot of people have that and 
um, you know, if it's small and it's not really bothering you much, you really don't have to do too much about it. Um, obviously, the bigger it gets and the more symptoms you get, then you need to get into your local surgeon and get that okay. re- get that repaired. But you know, it's it's not an urgent issue if uh, it's not bothering you too much. And you know, anytime you um, pick up something heavy or, or strain, you know, even with the bowel movement. Um, or like I say, if you're in a certain industry where you're picking and bending up things constantly, grunting, straining, right. then that can, um, you know, make you get bigger faster. Um, okay. But otherwise, it's really not anything you need to need to do different. Okay. Um, just be aware you have it, and then you know, if, go into your doc and you know get it repaired as soon as you can. But it's not urgent. Okay. I didn't know if there's like certain activities or <clears throat> things to avoid well yeah just any you know anytime picking up things straining things heavy lifting that's the big one um just try right. to okay. try to avoid that only because it makes it worse faster um okay. so but uh, but otherwise that's about it to be honest with you okay that that's what i needed to know all right brother appreciate the phone call Thank you. All right. Well, appreciate all the uh, callers this week on the Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Remember, uh, stay uh, safe, drink your water, eat your vegetables, don't drink and drive, and exercise a little bit. Um, And we'll see you guys next week on the Dr. L Show. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.